Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I can guarantee you that my bye week was not nearly as eventful as Spencer. Spencer, did you have anything happen this last week you'd like to share with the group? Yeah. So Saturday was not a bye week for the Rogers family. We welcomed a new little son into the, into the world. Hayden, about that? Little guy. Hayden made his arrival Saturday morning. Almost. So it would cool. That was, it was oh, right before the radio yeah, show. Almost in time for me to, to catch the little guy. I'm like, all right, Sam, you got this. I got a radio show to go do. Yeah. Just, just right on up to the uh, KKAM studios and sit in for the last hour. You could have made it. See, I mean, he was born at nine 49. Studios are, are on, we went on air at 10. Well, yeah, like probably like 10 05 or something. So it's a 15 minute drive. <laughs> probably could have gotten there at least, at least if not the first segment in time for the second segment. So anyways, that's right. Texas tech class of 2042. Hayden Brooks. Excited, man. Congratulations, had, uh, man. Oh yeah. We um had a rough night of it last night and figured out we, have not been feeding him enough. So he's been super cranky. That's always fun to remember that you don't know what you're doing, even if it's not your first child. So that was fun. Uh, yeah, I would imagine every kid's different. And that was what, five years ago you had Grayson? Six. Six? Yeah, the birthdays are going to be pretty close too, huh? About a month apart. Yeah. Five not weeks. Too bad. So yeah. Um, what about you, Michael? Did you do anything fun, exciting? Did you have a baby? Uh, no, <laughs> nothing, nothing near like that. I um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save, I'm gonna tease a little bit. I watched a, a documentary that I'm gonna talk a little bit about in the in the what we learned segment, the patented what we learned segment that no one else does, only us. But aside from that, yeah, I had a good time on the show with Rob on Saturday and and um, took it easy this weekend, ready to get rolling and get back into game week. I'm sure you guys were fantastic on Saturday. Oh yeah. It was best. It was the best show ever. Yeah. Well, um, for, for the show, now that we're, we're rolling into the bulk of the schedule, uh, you can keep up with all of us on Twitter at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck and Michael at, at Michael underscore LBK. You can also follow us on Instagram at 23 personnel podcast you can also pick up t-shirts and hoodies uh, at our teespring store teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast michael our hoodies hashtag hoodie season should be here this week 
Oh, man, I'm, I'm ready. I haven't checked the weather yet, but I think we're getting awfully close. Well, so I think Saturday's supposed to be like 90 plus degrees. So not perfect for this weekend, but soon. It's um, coming, buddy. We already kind of mentioned it, but we will be on with Rob Bro in his Rob Bro's college football tailgate show. Saturday mornings, 10 to noon every weekend throughout the college football season, except when Texas Tech plays at 11 then it will be 9 to 11. But this weekend with the game at 2.30, you can find us on KKAM.com, Talk 1340, ESPN News 60, 9.60. Wow, ESPN 9.60 in San Angelo with the Talk 1340 mobile app going on this weekend. Um, so this week, we obviously have some college football news, Big Ten Pac-12 may be a little shaken on their stance of not playing in fall of 2020. Got some just really strange Texas Tech news stats. Uh, the AP Top 25, when the Big Ten announced they, they were coming back, like immediately put like a power rankings out. It's like, oh, look, glad to see Ohio State's going to miss like six weeks of the schedule the season, but they're top five team. Uh, power ranking, power ranking, <laughs> PowerPoint. Um, also, look around the Big Twelve. This past weekend, there were scheduled two games. One game got played. And then, of course, we'll talk about our Texas Longhorn preview. Before we jump into any of that, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses online your online sportsbook experts michael let's yes let's talk some football how about them cowboys takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25, 10, touchdown Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath Derek Moore, breaks the tackle, still running. Up the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown. So Harold in the shotgun. From the 28, the throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he plays. Oh, he's going to oh, Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. So, Big Ten football is back? Question mark. They're back. They they did it. <laughs> they did it. Congratulations. Everyone finally broke down. Yeah, um, they came up with all of these advanced quick testing 
things which that, um, are around the make everything okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not like those things are available across the country or anything. Oh yeah, to yeah, but anyway, so they they've got that going. Um, they are going to have cardiovascular experts involved, EKGs involved for people who test positive and then to also follow up with those who test positive. So I think they have a good plan in place or as good as you can. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And they've decided because of that great plan and I'm sure not at all because of pressure or blowback no. to move forward with the season. And it's going to be, shall we say condensed? It's going to be a condensed season that will start October 24th, which will be here before we know it because October starts next week. Uh, the schedule was released Saturday, about five minutes after your second son was born. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, almost exactly five minutes. And then, um, so your gift to the universe is a big 10 schedule. There are eight conference games, mm -hmm. no bye weeks at yeah. all. They're running all the way solid from October 24th through December 19th. And the big 12 is going to finish their season with their championship game, either the fifth or the 19th. I think they have a flex there that, you know, kind of gave them some flexibility. So, Running up right up to the wire, Big Ten will finish on the 19th, and college football playoff starts January 1. <laughs> like We have to be done before the playoffs. Um, have to be done and hopefully have all eight games played. Ooh. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting that they're not going to, they're going to roll through an eight-game schedule without a bye week. Um, and they're kicking off in about a month from today. Mm-hmm. Welcome. So the, the teams that have been playing and you know rob and i kind of speculated we didn't know this schedule got released while we were talking and kind of getting ready to start the show and so i think it was the first or second break on saturday we went to twitter and rob was looking around i think the big 10 released their schedule and then we finally <laughs> caught on and, and started going through it a little bit but at first we didn't think they would all go for it we knew that the vote was unanimous all the presidents went forward with wanting a football season, but it just still seemed so unlikely that every single team, you know, that Rutgers was going to be like, yeah, sure. Okay. We'll do it. But there they are. All of them are there. Yeah. And Pac-12 also, that, the, you know, yeah. I was going to say Pac-12. They, they go ahead, man. Sorry. We're, we're kind of on a delay. <laughs> worse than normal. This, this internet, sure. man. Sorry guys. <laughs> Dang COVID. It looks like the Pac-12 is getting close to also coming out and 
saying they're going to play in 2020. Um, it may be without Stanford. They may have to play with 11 teams instead of 12. But it looks like they are close. It may start, um, you know, the week after the Big Ten, uh, Halloween weekend. But it looks like they're going to meet this week, uh, this Thursday, the 24th, to determine. So. Yeah, they, they had a meeting last week that possibly could have sealed the deal. But as one, I think it was Sports Illustrated or CBS, they used the old kick the can down the road phrase and just decided, yeah, we'll figure this out next week. Yeah, of course. So the Pac-12 may be coming back. Yeah, we get all, all five Power Five conferences rolling. Because uh, Pac-12, Big Ten didn't want to be left out of the playoffs. Get that money. Well, you know, how does Pac-12, at, at most, they're starting a, a week, maybe two weeks later. So at most, they're going to get seven or six games in before playoffs selection. So I think they would, you'd have to have a heck of a, what do you call it? I was going to say scope of work, but that's job related strength of schedule or something. But if you're to, only playing uh, your conference, I mean, it's going to be difficult to to build that resume. I mean, it's going to be difficult now to look at Big Ten. Sorry. Yeah, the Big Ten's playing eight conference games. Big 12's playing nine. SEC's playing eight. Pac-12 may be playing five or six. Maybe. Like, how do you yeah. compare an undefeated 6-0 and Pac-12 team versus a 8-1 Big 12 team? I think the Pac-12 has some more hurdles to overcome just from local governments and state governments regarding COVID issues and travel restrictions and wildfires and all <laughs> sorts of stuff. So, I mean, it, it's, I think it's optimistic at best to think that they're going to get seven games in before um, Christmas, but we shall see, I guess. Um, and, Weird, some weird news, moving on to Texas Tech news, kind of getting back into tech news again. Texas Tech softball coach Adrian Gregory suddenly stepped down today. This happened just a few hours before we hit the record button. The softball team in February, of course, the season was just getting rolling. I think, I don't, I'm not even sure if they uh, got to play much at all, but they were ranked 19th nationally. They had a really promising season, had a couple of, of promising seasons previously. And you just have to think Spencer, that this has something to do with the, not the allegations that seems like there was more than allegations against coach Stallings, but something to do with the athletic program and how they maybe haven't handled these exit interviews well, or haven't listened to the players very well. It, it just seems like the two of those are related in some way. Yeah. So there's a the big, long, uh, long form piece that came out that was looking at all the uh, exit interview data from across the country, not just Texas Tech athletics. Um, most of what was mentioned was, of course, with the women's basketball program, but there were also a couple of weird things brought up with the softball program. Um, and you just wonder if like there was just enough light sh shown on that. They were like, you know what? Maybe some things that you're doing over there, we don't want to continue um right or or maybe it was it helped uncover something else that we haven't heard the full story for uh and some some movement was was 
headed in the direction to to release Gregory, uh, and she stepped down voluntarily, air quotes, today. So she did sign a contract just last year. So that's you know that that's kind of odd. And this is not even three weeks from Dr. Judy Henry announcing her retirement. Uh, she'd been at tech for 40 years as well, not the entire time, but she, she was the executive senior associate athletics director when she retired. So I think her name kind of got brought up in a lot of these things about stuff being mishandled. And then not three weeks later, the softball coach steps down. So there's, there's something going on there probably not great and maybe we'll learn more, but Texas tech is really tight lipped on this type of stuff and they will completely block out local media to the point where the only way to get anything is the, what is it? Freedom information act or what is, what's that called? Yeah. Information disclosure or whatever it is. F O I A. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way that probably any of this will, um, come to light and we'll just see. And even then, I, I think we saw with some of the stuff that was coming from the, the, the piece about the women's basketball team, those, those requests can get strung out for so long. It can be months later that, um, you know, the, the paperwork is finally turned over and you, you get, you get it back. You're like, wow, like 90% of this has been redacted. <laughs> right. So yeah, they, they, you can really drag your feet on when you want to turn that stuff over. Apparently. Yeah. Um, another, I guess, weird piece of Texas tech news is that starting running back Sir Roger Thompson was arrested. Uh, it looks like it was, it may have been in connection with the street racing incident back in June, which also saw the arrest of Caden Leggett. Um, he was not, um, yeah. It, so the, the story, which may have been updated since it was posted, uh, so Roger Thompson, Texas Tech University's starting running back was arrested Monday on a charge of racing on a highway. He was booked yeah. Monday afternoon, 145 bond set at 2,500. Um, I guess the interesting thing is that this is something that has obviously, I wouldn't say been in the works, but it's not something that the Texas Tech athletic department was unaware of. Um, the, the quote from, from the school, the, the program says Sergeant Thompson was notified late last week that there had been a misdemeanor warrant issued in his name. Thompson and his lawyer are currently cooperating with the Lubbock Police Department and have done so since the incident in late June. Texas Tech Athletics will handle the matter consistent with its student-athlete discipline policy. And any discipline will be handled internally. Thompson is expected to play in Saturday's Big 12 opener versus Texas. So I, I wonder if it's one of those things where there was enough information that came out that maybe connected Thompson with the incident back in June. Um, he heard about the warrant being issued and it was advised that he kind of turn himself in to not, uh, drag this thing out or possibly make it worse. Yeah. It's, it's just really strange that someone can cooperate with the LPD and claim to have done so since the incident in June, and then an warrant a warrant get issued in September. Yeah, one. So I'm, I'm maybe maybe paperwork's just that slow. I, I'm not sure know. how maybe. how these things run. So, yeah, and I, I I 
don't even know what he was officially charged with aside from street racing. I think this is personal opinion now that I think he got away, obviously that they weren't able to get him then. And they weren't even for sure it was him then. So there could be evading police or something like that on top of it that people aren't reporting. It's just weird how this was handled. Like most things with athletic players at universities and police and techs, no exception. It's, it's not a good look to have a player arrested on Monday and then suit up on Saturday. I just, right. I don't, I don't care for that. Well, but the thing is, is that, I mean, maybe the athletics program knew about his involvement. Um, and, and the, the criminal side of it had some ground to make up, if you will. Uh, and maybe he's already served his punishment within the team. You know, that's true over the summer. Like maybe when Leggett was arrested, like there was some kind of meeting. Those were involved. Those involved were kind of pulled together and they're like, yeah, I was, I was a part of this and all that kind of, all that was handled internally and quietly back then. So while it looks like Thompson arrested on Monday playing on Saturday, I, I would say there's probably better than average chance Thompson's already been kind of dealt with this within the team. Cause I would agree n- with that, but it's, it's odd that coaches and players and everybody knew that he did that, but the LPD didn't and they didn't <laughs> it's just none of it makes sense. The timing sure. of it does not make sense. And to and have a, yeah. a, a warrant for your arrest released, you know, September 10th, I think was when it was actually sent out. I don't know. It, it just doesn't look good. No. But yeah. There's, there's a very good chance it was dealt with internally, but there's, I, I missed the press conference today. Perhaps Wills went into it, but I would be very surprised. Yeah. Um, all right. One more thing before we talk, get back or get into Texas Tech football besides the Thompson News football schedule this weekend. Um, we talked about it maybe a couple of weeks ago when the Big 12 schedule was announced that there are few enough games that we can probably spread them out and not have multiple Big 12 games games happening at the same time but wait sorry yeah um this weekend where did i put that i'm reading ahead a little bit yeah i don't know where are you going what are you, what are you talking about yeah so, so there, there are two games at the same time this weekend texas at texas tech at 2 30 and west virginia at oklahoma state also at 2 30 um you you have kansas state at oklahoma at 11 Iowa State at TCU at 12.30, which, see, they were able to create this new slot for a TV. Mm -hmm. But then you still stack up two games back to back. I I, kind of get it just because you, that's typically what they do, but it is frustrating. And and maybe they've got to kind of claim this territory, especially now with two more Power 5 teams about to, need some real estate in less than a month. Yeah. And then um, looking ahead to next weekend's game versus Kansas state. Uh, that, that game has been set for two thirty as well on FS one. So this weekend you're on FS one, sorry, you're on at two thirty on Fox next weekend, two thirty 
FS1. That's right. So three weeks so far, knock on wood, without yeah. getting an 11 o'clock start. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's let's let, let's rip off the bandaid. Look at the the football team. Start getting prepared for our our Longhorn preview. The outlook in the secondary not look that great. Yeah, I, I wanted to do a little bit of an update before we went in into this. Um, the TTU secondary, they were, I believe, 42nd the last time we chatted in the FBS for passing yards allowed per game. Well, now there's been more games played, more teams have played. Uh, you know, your number 13 Cincinnati Bearcats <laughs> played this weekend. That's just wild. bizarre to me that a 0 0 week three Cincinnati Bearcat team was 13th in the country. But anyway, here we are. And Texas tech is last passing yards allowed per game at 572, which is no surprise, but what I wanted to just kind of hope, hopefully see is a little bit of improvement in passing yards allowed this season. And there's really not much. Uh, There's 52 current teams that have played, like I said, FBS teams, Texas Tech is 46th in passing yards allowed this season. And every team behind Texas Tech has played two or three games. And then by my quick count, there were 23 teams ahead of Tech who have played two games. So Tech is 46th, half the teams ahead of them who have allowed less passing yards this season have played two games. Good God. (laughs) It's not... Not good. Not looking and, good. Nope. And, you know, the, the statistical anomaly there is against Houston Baptist. As you said, a, a school that shares a parking lot with CVS uh, or a football stadium does. But anyway, before we get to, um, we've got a few more things to, to roll through before we get to our preview. We want to talk about the AP poll and make our pick for the UT game coming up at 2.30 this Saturday. And before we make our pick, just wanted to remind you that the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spread and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Uh, when I checked earlier today, according to Bet Online, Texas was an 18 point favorite. I think it's 18 and a half now. Oh, 18 and a half. The line is not moving our way. <laughs> it's and still the going. Over under was last at 70, last I saw. So if those numbers sound interesting to you in any way, you can get in on the on the seasoning opening, or sorry, get in on their Bet Online's season opening biz- bonuses today. And start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Can we talk about somebody that may have put some money down on the Cowboys game this past weekend? What they would have gone through emotionally on Sunday afternoon? I mean, I was just... I am a Cowboys fan. Me too. But um, Yeah, but it's it's... It's not something I wrap my identity up in or get too worked up in, but 
if I get the chance to watch it and it's on, I, I watch it every game. And whew, even for me, even for kind of a, a passive Cowboys fan, wow, that was a roller coaster. Man. <laughs> Down 20 to nothing in the first quarter. My God. <laughs> yeah. Break. Yeah. So 2020 has been the year of things happening completely out of your control. If there's one thing you can control, that's shaving your bush. Guys, our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do just that. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 recently released is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. On manscaped.com, you can also find their Shears 2.0. It's a nail kit. They also have Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. And Crop Reviver, testy toner that's like having cologne. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this fine program will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use on code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. So AP top 25. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Was there anything that jumped out to you that seemed crazy i mean i i didn't see any movement there's just a lot of o and o sec teams in the top five but you know whatever uh that's just kind of to be expected I, I guess probably the biggest surprise to me was after the big 10 announced that they were coming back and after the release their schedule that ap voters somehow did not vote ohio state back in the top four yeah <laughs> that was my biggest shock um with with games on the schedule having taken place, the top 10 looks really strange, right? You, you kind of mentioned it. Clemson 2-0, number one. Alabama 0-0, number two. Ahead of Oklahoma, who is 1-0. Then you get three more right. SEC schools who have not played yet. They start their schedule this weekend, the 26th. Georgia, Florida, LSU. Notre Dame is at 2-0. It's at seven. Texas 1-0 is at number eight. Two more SEC schools, Auburn and Texas A&M. You've got five. Six. Six, sorry. Six SEC schools that have not played a game. So you would think like maybe Big Ten and Pac-12 schools will work their way back into this this ranking here, um, here pretty soon because the SEC schools have been in this ranking since they – you know, when, when it came out after week one, they were, they were, they were left in the rankings, although they, they wouldn't play for a couple of weeks. Um, now with plans, official plans for the big 10, you would, I would expect them to, to jump back in here pretty soon. And if the PAC 12 announces, um, that they would restart, I, mean, I would assume it would probably be closer to when they jump in, but like, it's going to be weird to look at a schedule that's got like, 6-0 Clemson and an 0-0 Oregon next to each other on the rankings <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah. We're just going to see that the rest of the year. And just to round out the, the bottom six, 
because this is just, I guess the bottom seven, this is just really interesting to me. 19 are our Louisiana <laughs> Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns from the Sun Belt, number 19 team in the country, barely edging out Virginia Tech, who has yet to play a game at 20. Pitt, flipping Pitt is 2-0, and and they're 21st in the country. Army's 2-0, and they're 22nd. Kentucky, 0-0, 23rd, yet somehow ahead of Louisville, which is just insulting to <laughs> Louisville. That's some Lexington, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, crime on crime. And then uh, number 25, Marshall, 2-0, Conference USA. They beat the tar out of Eastern Kentucky, and I think they won. Obviously, they won their second game convincingly. But but still, somehow, Tech is getting votes. Tech got five votes this well, week. They, they, they got five points, which means that somebody well, well five points. You, you could have gotten you could have received five 25th place votes or one 21st place vote or something like that. Anyways, you accumulate points based on how many people vote for you where. Um, Coastal Carolina receiving votes. Go Chanticleers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's good. You know, Texas Tech had five points right after they lost to Houston Baptist and then five points after the bye week. So the voters are consistent. They're consistent about our record. They they're hanging in there. Ask for. Um, all right, let's, let's do one more thing before we jump into our, our preview. Uh, there were supposed to be two games this weekend. We were looking forward to the Baylor-Houston game specifically. It ended up being canceled. And I think that was on the Baylor side this time that they had enough players from a position group um, that were going to be missing the game, but they had to step out. Um, OSU and Tulsa ended up being the only Big 12 game on the schedule this week, which was really strange when the Big 12 came out with their 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 uh, week two football awards. And it was like only o- Oklahoma State players. Like, man, they must have had a, a good weekend. No, they <laughs> yeah. were the only ones no. playing. Um, and then one of the guys that used to be here on the radio in Lubbock, um, he made a joke about it. And because when it came out and he tweeted that, was it, I guess, Sunday when big 12 announced their, their, uh, weekend awards still hadn't slept very well. I was like, man, I wait a minute, big 12. There's only one game. Oh, now I see. Now I, I get the joke. Now <laughs> it took me a while. Like OSU had Oklahoma state just really, I mean, they just went to town on Tulsa. No, no, it, barely, he made, barely won. Yeah, he got a win. He made the joke that it was because of the the commanding win or whatever it was that he said uh, Oklahoma State over Tulsa. I was like, but it was like a seven point game. <laughs> Anyways, that that was a joke. It took me a while because I was a little slow. Uh, Oklahoma slightly State, sleep deprived. <laughs> it's okay. Oklahoma State survived sixteen to seven versus Tulsa. T- Tulsa actually took the lead in this game. Um, I don't think Oklahoma State scored their first touchdown or at least. They didn't take the lead until the fourth quarter. Um, I think you're right. Did see that quarterback Spencer Sanders injured uh, early on in the game. Um, was visibly upset on the sideline. I, I think he either slammed his helmet or threw his helmet. Um, and injury report says that he is in a boot this week. Yeah, as of Monday... Coach Gundy said that he was he was in a boot during practice. Then I'm not sure if he was today. Today's Tuesday, and so uh, I honestly, uh, as always, I hope 
he's okay. I mean, I hope all these players are okay. Uh, that happened while we were on the show on on Saturday. We were trying to figure out what happened. They, we just knew that he had left the game and trying to figure out how serious it was. But it was really early on. Uh, and then, of course, with the backup QB coming in, who I think it was a similar to Texas Tech scenario, if if a backup QB had to come in for Tech, we have no idea who was going to come in. And I think Oklahoma State fans were in the same boat. They had no idea who was going to come out as QB2. And that seems to be where we are as fans as well. And, of course, with a backup quarterback coming in, UTEP, not UTEP, <laughs> Tulsa was able to kind of stifle the run a little bit, which sounds impossible. And I think they had some linemen go down. I mean, I think there were a couple of pretty key injuries early on in Oklahoma State, but it was an ugly game. Tulsa pretty much shot themselves in the foot the last quarter. Bad penalties, bad play calls. Uh, just kind of gave the game away. But that said, OSU won. They won ugly. And I think they were 22 and a half point favorites. So that it's Oklahoma State fans have got to be feeling a little trepidatious right now, which I welcome. Come on, come on, come <laughs> join the join the fun, guys. Yeah, we don't know what the hell's going on either. Looks like the Cowboys rolled out with three quarterbacks on Saturday. Spencer Sanders, obviously, and then Shane Illingworth and Ethan Bullock as a team combined for twenty pass attempts for one hundred forty-three yards. They were able to rack up five. No, sorry. 200 yards. I was mixing numbers up 200 rushing yards on 50 attempts for a whopping 2.8 yards per carry. Yikes. Yeah. And I think it was really low. It was, it was similar to how tech played Oklahoma state last year where Hubbard somehow was quiet until right before halftime and then kind of resumed business as usual. <laughs> Hubbard only netted 93 yards. Uh, on 27 attempts. Yeah, he, they, they were, they knew that the quarterbacks weren't going to be as reliable. So I think they Tulsa load, was able to take advantage of that a little bit. Load the box. Load it up. You know what the Longhorns are not going to do? Load the box. You know what they are going to do? Air it out. <laughs> on offense, for sure. We just talked about the defensive woes for the the Red Raiders defensive backfield. If you want to look back a couple weeks when the Longhorns dismantled the Miners, 59 to 3, they threw for 481 yards on 41 attempts. That's nearly 12 yards per attempt. That's not bad. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> they had uh well it's not good for 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 texas tech they had the 481 yards on 29 receptions good for nearly 17 yards a catch so every time they caught the ball averaging picking up 17 yards yeah and uh, leading the pack was joshua moore six receptions 127 yards he averaged if you do quick math that was 21.2 yards per catch including a 78-yard bomb. That was the first play of the game. Fantastic. And that's, yeah. I mean, he's, what's what's both good and bad about this group of receivers is 
you know, there's a couple of them and we'll talk a little bit more about Brennan Schooler later, but like Brennan Schooler and Tariq Black are grad transfers. So they're kind of some older guys. And even if they do really well this year, Hey, at least they'll be gone. <laughs> but, but guys that also played well was Josh Moore, as I just mentioned, he's a six foot one, 170 pound red shirt freshman. So he's going to be around for a while. Um, and then let's see. Oh, Jordan Whittington. He only had two receptions, but they were some really sweet catches. He basically Randy Mosta guy. Um, <laughs> and he's also a red shirt freshman. And then I had, I'm totally losing my notes on this, but yeah, anyway, so those two guys are red shirt freshmen going to be rough to, uh, defend against them. Also going to be rough. Just, I mean, all these players are, they're strong. They're stout guys like Tariq Black. He's a grad transfer from Michigan. And he is 6'3", 217. It's good. He's uh, built, he's built kind of like a tight end. And I mean, they, they just muscle that ball away from these receivers. I mean, even when they're, they don't look open, they are. So Tariq Black, he had five receptions, 80 yards, 16 average per catch, a touchdown. It, oh, okay. I mean, Texas Tech will at least have fields back. <laughs> and, and, and Colin Schooler, brother of Brendan Schooler, who's a receiver for Texas now. Who averaged himself 32 and a half yards a catch. Yeah. I mean, it's on two catches, but 65 yards. Um, like just the, the averages for these receivers, 21.2, 16, 32.5, 22.5, 21.5, a pedestrian 13.3, 35. (laughs) And you get a couple guys that were running backwards, apparently 6.5, 5.5, 4.5. Like what, what were they thinking? Um, Man, I don't know. And, and Ellinger back there, he he just had all day great pocket protection. Those linemen are gigantic. They are going to be really hard to to rush. Uh, the highlights I saw, you know, UTEP would rush three, they'd rush four. It didn't matter it, when they rush five on a blitz or something. Then Ellinger would get the ball out quick and make a play in the middle of the field usually. So it he's he's smart and he's quick at getting rid of the football, but man, he had time. And when he has time, like Zappy did <laughs> look out. Yeah. So you remember, remember how many yards we gave up to good old Houston Baptist of the air? 570 something. Yes. That was an FCS program where we're welcoming in the Longhorns who Ellinger was able to put up 426 yards in a half, basically. Yeah, that's right. He played one drive in the second half and that was it. So we're kind of leaking into our, our preview or not our preview, but like our predictions. Um, I mean, I, I really don't think there's anywhere else you can look besides the, the matchup there between the Texas offense and your Texas tech pass defense. There's nobody on yeah. there uh, on, on the running side that, that scares you. County Ingram is a really good running back. Um, Malcolm Epps and Roshan Johnson, uh, we, we, we talked about them last year, especially Roshan Johnson and Keonta Ingram, but you know, they, you know, had 44 yards, uh, Keonta Ingram did on nine carries, 
which is good for five yards a carry. Roshan Johnson, 38 yards on eight carries, 4.8 yards a carry. Um, nobody was really breaking out long runs. There was a 40 yard from Malcolm Epps and a 29 from Bijan Robinson, but really it's these gashes. They're going to get you when you're, you're falling asleep or when you're putting eight guys back into coverage, trying to stop Ellinger throwing all over the field that they're going to have a running back that may be able to gash you. But like I said, I think the matchup is going to be your pass defense versus their offense, their pass offense. And I don't like your, your, your chances here. Unless something is completely changed that, you know, you were playing intentionally uh, guys in positions that maybe they wouldn't otherwise be playing. Although I don't think that that was, I don't think that was the case. Uh, You were missing fields and schooler, but I don't think they're going to make massive improvements in the past defense where you'd be like, I like our chances versus Longhorns this weekend. So. Right. That's, that's where I'm at too. And then the, we haven't even really talked about Texas defensively. I I don't have a lot to say aside from running the ball against them is going to be tough. UTEP managed an average of 1.3 yards per carry. On 33 attempts. Yeah, 43 yards total. Rough day. And that includes uh, Dale <laughs> Hankins carrying it 11 times for 34 yards. Um, and there was a running back that did run for 18 yards on a carry. So yeah, of the 33 yards, sorry, of the 33 attempts, they picked up, what is that? Uh, 25 yards on 32 carries. Yes. And and I mean, I know we're talking UTEP and everything and they're, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be, well, theoretically, they're not going to be quite the caliber that. Texas Tech's offense will be and Sir Roderick Thompson ran excellent last week or last game. Taj Brooks was really, I don't want to say surprising, but it was very impressive, especially a true freshman out there carrying the ball the way he did. Xavier White comes back this week. Uh, Jadarius Townsend, he's, he's got kind of a change up in his run. So I, I think Tech may be able to They'll be able to run more than UTEP was, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to run against this defensive line. And, um, you know, if they take that away, then they're really going to have tech's really going to have trouble passing the ball. So I, I'm not looking forward to either side, but I'm with you and probably for the rest of the season, if tech is facing a team that can pass, which we're in the big 12. So buckle up the biggest mismatch or the biggest matchup to see is going to be wide receivers versus defensive backs. And they have some very good wide receivers and a very talented quarterback. Yeah. So I think if you want to look back to our, our preseason predictions, both Michael and I both picked this game as a loss. Currently the line is that minus 18 over under of 70. Michael, you want to give us your pick? Sure. I've got mine. Um, I, no one's going to like this. This is practically the same score I gave Tech to beat Houston Baptist, but in reverse. So I have UT winning 45 to 21, and that would keep Tech below the over-under on total points, but it would have UT covering the current 18 or 18 and a half point spread that's out there. So I don't see this day going very well for the Red Raiders. Would love to be wrong. 
trying not to be negative, but I think Elliger's going to pick us apart, man. That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's one of those those games you look you look ahead to, and you're like, man, I don't I don't know where there's a a weakness you could exploit. Um, this is all assuming both teams rolling here completely and fully healthy. You're wrong with everybody that you're expecting to be there. We know that's not always going to be the case, but from my my seat here on Tuesday, at least having that bad taste in my mouth from from Houston Baptist, I I. I agree with you. I think Texas will cover and I would, I would almost take the over, um, but I've got Texas winning 44, 24. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of, I, I just don't, I refuse to say that someone's going to score 50 on us right now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not going to go there. I wouldn't be completely surprised if it happened, but yeah, that's kind of where I landed with, with sticking with the under is, is assuming that UT will stay in the forties at the most. Yeah, man, it's not going to be pretty. Um, I know. Sorry guys. <laughs> not a lot of positivity here, but it's, we did watch all the same game at, against Houston Baptist and it, it did not look good. Now there's a chance. There's always these theories going around that KP is holding out. And he's got all these blitz packages that he just refused <laughs> to the point of almost losing the damn game <laughs> that he refused to unpack versus the Huskies. So we'll see if those theories are correct at all. And if they can get some pressure on Ellinger. I tend to think those are people that are like, there's no, we were that we were, we were that bad. We, we had to be holding just, back. Just refusing to believe it. And be rolling with like the first page of the playbook and that's it. <laughs> Um, the rest of the Big 12 schedule, we, we can't touch on a little earlier. Kansas State, Oklahoma, that revenge game for Kansas State was able to pull the upset last year. Going to be in Norman this weekend. Kansas State at number three, Oklahoma, Saturday morning at 11. Iowa State, TCU, assuming TCU can get their their ish together. 1230, uh, they're in Fort Worth. We already mentioned Texas, Texas Tech. West Virginia coming out to Oklahoma State, 230. Kansas and Baylor, the night game at 6.30. Is there a game on that schedule that interests you besides Texas Tech, obviously? I, you know, as they all do to an extent because we haven't seen TCU play at all. We haven't seen Baylor play at all. So both of those games intrigue me. And I'm also interested Could you imagine, though, if Kansas... I was gonna, can you imagine if Kansas beats Baylor because they just, they haven't played yet and... Kansas has that, just that little bit of experience. Oh, it'd be great. And they've got that chip on their shoulder after losing again to Coastal Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Even more embarrassingly than 2019. So um, I'm, I'm really, that's what's, that's what's so cool about this season is I'm legitimately interested in all of them. If I had to pick the one I'm most interested in, uh, it, it might be Iowa State TCU. But it could also ah, be West Virginia, Oklahoma State, because West Virginia just poured it on directional Kentucky uh, in their first game. And I, I want to see how they do against Big 12 competition. And and I want to see if Spencer Sanders is healthy and just kind of see how Daggy looks. I, I don't you, know. You mean, but you of mean, course, uh, that's during the same game. <laughs> it's during the tech game. You mean you want to see how Jared Dogie does? <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so that that Iowa State TCU game, like it's got the the makings of like a really ugly, boring game. 
Oh yeah. When I'm here for that, <laughs> Iowa state did not look good two weeks ago. TCU has not played yet. Um, typically this, this would not be a high scoring game either way. These two teams are very heavily dependent on their defense doing well. You get two defensive teams that going to be together. It could be like a 13 to 10 type game that doesn't even feel that close. It could be like Iowa state leading 13 to six or whatever, you know, most of the way through the fourth quarter TCU scores late to get it close. But like, I don't know. It's just, that could be a really ugly game. Um, Kansas state, Oklahoma for me, I, I, be interested to see what what kind of response um, Oklahoma is going to have. You know, I don't think they're a team that necessarily looks at like past results and has the, the bulletin board material up there. But I think, you know, they're obviously going to be cognizant of what happened last year. They're going to be a little more, I wouldn't say careful, um, a little bit more intentional, intentional about the score. They're not going to let a, mm-hmm. a 20 point lead stay a 20 point lead if they've got the ball. Um, so I think other than the Texas game, the Texas Tech game, Western Oklahoma State has my attention because um, I want to see, you know, if that West Virginia offense is for real. And then I want to see how ugly Kansas Baylor can get. Oh, I'm, I'm here for that, too. I, I, like I said, they really all interest me in some way. Even Kansas State, that's who Tech plays next. So that's that's a good team to watch and and, and see if the Spencer Radler, the one for five touchdowns in the first half was a, no, I think he threw, I think he quote unquote only threw for four. Um, but anyway, he threw for a lot of touchdowns in his first start in a first half of a game. See if that was kind of a fluke or not. I tend to not think it was, but it would be nice to just kind of have a little bit more of a sample to see. But there's just something about it this year. Most all of these games are intriguing me. And I think it's just because I'm so excited that that football is here. Always with the caveat in the back of my mind that hoping everyone stays healthy and well many, many years from now. Yeah. No, I mean, not just for this weekend, which I I guess we're still in the window of possibility this game could not happen or these games could not happen. Um, Sure. I think the final tests are Friday. So there's still... Uh, a lot can happen in these next three or four days. All right. With that, I think we're going to wrap it up and get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, what did we learn? Okay. I teased this slightly in the intro, but I learned that being an engineer on solid rocket boosters in 1986 was a tough job. <laughs> I uh, I watched the Challenger documentary on Netflix. I've always been interested in just space flight in general. I am an engineer for those of you who didn't know. So once I learned more about the details behind what all happened with the O-rings and I remember years ago listened to an excellent podcast about this. And um I I just have always had this in the back of my head as as an engineer, if you're a professional engineer and licensed in any state in the country, you have to take an, uh, one hour of ethics each year as part of your continuing education to be uh, be able to keep your PE license. And this has always been an ethical dilemma of mine that I've thought of since I know it, since I knew it existed. Just how 
you know, these engineers, there were several of them that did the right thing and they said the right thing. But then there were some managers and some other engineers above them that kind of kowtowed to NASA and said, you know, sure. Yeah, everything's fine. It's cold, but go ahead and launch. It'll be fine. And then everyone had to live with these decisions and it really affected a lot of guys and a lot of them affected a lot more than others, unfortunately, as the document reveals or the documentary. So I just always think of the ethical situation of, you know, what would I have done in that situation? How much would I have pushed back on, on, uh, you know, allowing the launch to take place or saying that we wouldn't recommend it or whatever. It's, it was just interesting because the solid rocket booster builders, Thiokol, I believe, they were a contractor. They're an independent contractor contracted to NASA. And so they had this big conference call before the night of the launch with them, with everybody who, who built, manufactured, provided any part of the shuttle and said if they had any issues with launching on a cold day. And of course, Thiokol did, and then they initially, they initially said they did, and then they kind of got pushed back from NASA, and then they changed their official opinion. Mm. So, uh, man, it's just rough. It, it just the whole thing is just be prepared to go through a range of emotions. I was too young to see this. I was only three when this happened, so I didn't see it live like a lot of people did. And that's exactly how the documentary starts is like a reenactment of a teacher pushing a cart with a TV on it in front of a classroom full of students getting ready to watch the Challenger launch because it was the launch of the first teacher to go to space. So anyway, just I talked a lot about a lot more about that than I'm into, but it just stuck with me. I just finished watching it last night and it's it's a great documentary, but man, prepare yourself. Now, could you imagine like being all excited to show this to your students and then like, I, I don't know how to have that conversation with 25 second graders. Or, or it's, it's, it was brutal because, um, you know, her, the teacher's school, I think they had all gathered in like a auditorium and stuff and they were like the whole student body was watching and there were several of her students at the launch there, her family was there. I mean, just oh, everything about it is sad and super frustrating once you realize what all went on behind the scenes and how long these O-rings have been an issue and how close previous launches had come to, quote, catastrophic failure, which is what they say a lot in the documentary. But that's what the engineers said would happen if these O-rings failed. So that's... It's, it's, it's crushing. Cause I, I know randomly, um, Jason Isbell, who's a musician I really like, he tweeted something about not, he's, he said, I know there's a challenger documentary out there, but man, I am not ready to watch that yet. And 2020 has given me enough or something. <laughs> and then he went in to talk about it a little bit and he's a little bit older than me and he remembers it. He watched it live. I think he was seven or eight. And so there's a lot of people a little, you know, just a few years older than me that have that memory of watching it live. And you just think, gosh, what a, and people were comparing it to the Kennedy assassination and stuff because it was that big of a deal. It was the first non astronaut to be going to space. Yeah. And so that, yeah, there were a lot of people watching anyway. I'll, I'll stop talking about that and ask, ask you what you learned. 
Yeah. So, um, just learning the, uh, just how, I don't know, I don't know how to phrase this properly, but, uh, what a wonderful life is. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty, that's a, that's a good thing to learn. It's great. It, it's, it's, it's not that I've learned it this week, this well, weekend. Sure. Re, Just kind of got a refresher course. Refresher, a crash course. Crash um, course. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's what having a newborn is. It's just a crash course in, in everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised I haven't heard him yet. But he's been, you know, once we once we adjusted the feeding schedule and amounts, kids have been sleeping like a rock today, which also gives me nerve, some nervousness about tonight. He's not going to sleep well, but we'll see. So far, so good. Good luck, my man. Yeah. So with that, that'll do it for us on this week's edition of the 23 personnel podcast. We will have a post game instant reaction to hopefully a huge upset win over the Texas Longhorns on Saturday evening. We will see you then. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.